You're listening to the Being Stellar Podcast, the podcast for modern leaders and entrepreneurs who are tired of hustle culture and ready to invite more ease and more prosperity into their lives. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth, master teacher and coach, and I am obsessed with helping you avoid burnout while you create a sustainable lifestyle full of possibility and profit on your terms. On the show, you'll hear inspiring stories of possibility, and you'll get empowering strategies and insights from me to support you in creating your stellar life. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Being Stellar Show. Got a really special guest here for you today, somebody that I'm really excited to chat with because we are going to talk about one of my favorite things to talk about, which is sales leadership language. All right, the language of sales leadership. You know, if you've been on the show at all or listened to any of my trainings recently that I'm really passionate about the language of sales leadership. And uh, we've got in the studio today, my friend Dan Penner, who has a really fascinating story about his journey in sales. And he's such a great example of someone who has showed up in his business and in his sales journey as an elite learner and I really wanted him to tell you his story and I just want to say a little disclaimer um, Dan thank you for being here so great to have you and when I asked Dan to be on the show he had this look of horror come across his face um, because this is a man who's very humble and you know uh, the spotlight he's not one to like yeah give me the microphone like me i'm like anybody offers me a microphone i'm like ah yes give me the microphone and so dan i know i really appreciate you being here because i know that this is not um in your comfort zone but i also know that you're somebody who's willing to step out of your comfort zone so welcome to the being stellar show awesome thanks for having me uh like i mentioned to you this is my first podcast uh ever and uh yeah you know I, i'm not much to be uh, in the spotlight um you know really more comfortable in groups of two to four uh, mm -hmm. when I'm talking uh, you know, about marketing or, or products or anything like that. But again, I've always lived by the model that you, you do have to go outside your comfort zone if you want to be successful. So um, what a better way than, to do it than on uh, your podcast. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. So everyone, Dan is a mortgage broker. He is with Verico Pipeline Mortgages, and he's also an insurance bro is a broker, right? Insurance broker Correct. with Manulife. Um, and so Dan is a, is, an exception because you don't actually I don't meet a lot of people who do both of those things mortgages and insurance and it's something a value proposition that you add for your clients and the, the people that you work with um, and we can talk more about that later but what I'm really excited about sharing with my audience who are mostly entrepreneurs in service-based sales so similar to your world and your journey, um, and they're at various stages of their journey, I'd love for you to tell us your story about how you got into sales. Like as soon as Dan told me this story, I'm like, you need to be, I wish we'd had the mic, the recording going that day, yeah. so we could have captured it, because it's such a great and powerful story about being an elite learner and really mastering your craft. So take us back to the beginning of your sales journey, where you were told to go away and, Yes, sure. skills. Yeah, uh, I'll try and uh, you know square it down to as short a story as, as possible. But yeah. Um, yeah, basically, you know, grew up in the Fraser Valley, out in you know backwoods of Mission. Graduated from Abbey Senior in uh, 1993. Um, I never even thought about getting into finance or, or sales growing up. Uh, 
all I ever wanted to be was a, a fireman <laughs> for it. And, uh, you know, through high school, I was looking forward to that and, be, you know, wanting to become a volunteer fireman and getting uh, my career going um, with that. Um, I've always been an adrenaline junkie. So, you know, as soon as I turned 16, I bought the, you know, crotch rocket Kawasaki Ninja motorbike. So, I've, you know, I've been riding, you know, dirt bikes and motorbikes all my life. Mm. And, uh, you know, in high school, there were, I believe, seven of us that all had uh, racing bikes. And unfortunately, two weeks after high school graduation, I was in uh, an absolutely uh, horrific motorbike accident. Uh, I, sh I shouldn't even be here for it. Um, yeah. You know, long story short, uh, you know, bones crushed, uh, tip of the amphibula flew out of my leg, lungs collapsed, lost over half the blood in my body, yeah. right hand collapsed, um, bone grafts, skin grafts, uh, seven operations, over two months in the hospital and uh, two years before I could actually even walk again. Mm -hmm. So I uh, had to say goodbye to that uh, fireman career because yeah. you know, I can only be on my feet a few hours um, yeah. out yeah. of the day. What I, what I like about that part of your story and what I appreciate about this part of your story, Dan, is that it shows your grit and your tenacity. Because I've, I've met you, I've walked with you. You don't walk like somebody who's been in such a, a, a devastating accident. So it yeah. tells me that you have made those efforts to take care of yourself and restore yourself because you know you you you, you present as somebody who's pretty fit you've got you know muscles and and uh you clearly you take care of yourself and well, it's all, do it's all what needs health, to be done you know mm -hmm. like when, when i was in the hospital you know i never really got down on myself you know it's just a matter of you know when am i getting out when am i getting better and you know a lot of it is you know how your mental state is um, absolutely so, i mean right? I we always have a choice how we're going to respond. Have, have a choice. Yeah. When, when you wake up, you have a choice to be, you know, grateful or to be ungrateful. And I, I choose to be grateful, you know, and, uh, and what it did is really make me appreciate, uh, you know, all, all the things in life that, uh, you know, that a lot of people take for granted. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so a couple of years goes by, you know, in high school, I just worked at the grocery store. So I had no sales experience or anything like that. And it, uh, I was looking for a career and I was thinking, well, maybe I'll get into banking, you know, go work for a bank. And my uncle, who was retired at the time from uh, a credit union out in Alberta, you know, he said, you know, don't don't ever go work for the bank. You know, the, the days of the bank managers being rock stars and getting the mm -hmm. high salaries and you know, eight weeks vacation because that's over. He said, uh, go work for a finance company, doing you know the high risk loans and mortgages, mm -hmm. and uh, you'll get the best training, and uh, you know, you can you know start from there. Okay, so one of the things that that I love about this part is that. <laughs> This is a kid who likes the cross rocket at 16 as a risk taker, likes adrenaline sports. And he's like, I don't think I'll go work at a bank. Right. And it's like, as a coach, I'm like, there's a misalignment there right away. So your yeah. uncle was really smart to steer you in the direction of something's a little riskier, something a little edgier for you because it yeah. sort of, sort of suits your personality more. So I wanted just to highlight that for the listeners because this is so yeah. key, right? When yeah, we choose exactly. where we're going. Yeah, it was my uncle who was the, the catalyst to get me uh, in, into the finance um, work. So I was in Abbotsford at the time and uh, just looked in the paper back then. You know, you didn't have internet or anything, you know, in, in those days. And uh, there's a company called TransCanada Credit. And, uh, you know, they're long lines with Avco and Beneficial at the times. And, and uh, so I believe I was you know, a little over 20 years old. Just walked into the door, asked for the branch manager. And uh, just asked, you know, are you hiring any, you know, loans and mortgage uh, officers? And and uh, first thing, first thing he says is, do you have any sales experience? 
And I said, well, you know, I stock shelves at the grocery store. That's about it. And uh, he said, go get at least one year worth of sales experience. I, he didn't care where I got it from and, uh, and come back and we'll talk. So again, went home, opened the paper, looked in the sales uh, section for employment and uh, found an ad for uh, Salad Master Cooking. Uh, you know, doing those in-home demonstrations, selling the $4,000, you know, cookware pots, mm -hmm. you know, invite 10 of your friends over and we'll give you a free gift and, uh, and then hopefully sell some, uh, some cookware to everybody. And uh, so I applied and, you know, they, they pretty much hire anybody <laughs> that, that walked in and, and I got it. And, and how we built clients is we literally took a bag of salad, went door to door at night to people's houses, <laughs> knocking on the door, saying, you know, would you like us to come in and make you a salad? And then you get this free salad maker gift, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some people say no, some people say yes. Mm -hmm. and, but uh, I actually ended up doing, doing very well. And we do trade shows and conventions and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, so did well. I actually made, uh, you know, a couple of bucks in my pocket and went back to the... Well, hold on before you go back, right? Because let's the, just, I want to highlight something there is that those companies like um, Sally Co and Cutco and even... Um, uh, Vitamix has has reps like that and there's they there's awesome sales training available that's what I can say for them they'll hire anybody because they're willing to train yeah. you if you're willing to show up and do the work and the yeah. fact that you were willing to like he said go get some experience and you didn't go you didn't like you know walk away with your tail between your legs saying oh, okay well I guess I can't do that you went and got the experience and so many people would just go, well, I guess it's not for me because they don't want to do the work. And so, again, yeah. that's one of the things I admire about you is the willingness to do the work. So a yeah. year goes by, you've been selling salad and cookware. Yeah, so you're selling the cookware and, and just to, mm. to go back, the, the good thing about doing those in-home parties is you have 10 people sitting in the living room and these are all 10 different personalities. Mm. Right. So you have to be able to hold all of their attention. So, you know, you could have, you know, a homemaker, a CEO, a plumber, you know, all walks of life. And you have to be able to interact with with all of them. Yeah. So it's yeah, it great training. So so I go back and it just happened to be it was almost a year to the day. And uh, I just walked in, you know, full of attitude, opened the door and said, I got my year's worth of experience. Do I start on Monday? And <laughs> he looked at me and he was like, I had. I had absolutely no idea that you would even come back. I thought I'd never mm. see you again. I said, well, you told me what to yeah. do, so I did it. Mm. So now you have to hire me. Yeah. One of my mentors says, success leaves clues, right? People actually tell us what to do to be successful. I mean, as a coach, I'm doing that all the time. I'm doing free trainings. I tell people what to do to be successful. And they're still going, well, what do I do? I don't know what to do. It's like, go do the thing that people are telling you to do. Yeah. There is no great big secret that successful people are keeping from you. We're telling you this show right now, having Dan on the show is about us telling you what to do to yeah. be successful. And I, and I get it why he didn't expect you to come back. Cause he's probably told hundreds of young men go do this and come back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And, uh, yes, yeah, so I went through the interview process with him, the regional managers and stuff. And they, they hired me and started off in the, the pork Coquitlam office and, uh, you know, quickly moved up the ranks to uh, to assistant manager, and as one of the top lenders in uh, in Western Canada, and um, you know had to ended up having the company car and and uh, you know great salary, pension, um, all of that, and uh, it was very rewarding. And, and we also not only did we have to do loans and mortgages, but we as assistant managers we had to do like the collections, 
So, you know, we'd have to go after people, garnish wages, court actions, mm -hmm. all of that. So, you know, I, I would do, do all of that. And it was absolutely by far, my uncle steered me in the right direction. Mm -hmm. the, the best training you could ever have working for um, doing that. And uh, so my next stage is, uh, yeah, so they had offered me a, an office uh, out in Chilliwack and they were just opening a new branch out there. And number one, didn't want to move to Chilliwack. <laughs> Nothing against Chilliwack, it's not my style. And I uh, just had bigger aspirations. Mm. And uh, it just so happened that uh, um, a lady I was dating at the time, her best friend's father was a senior agent with uh, Clerica Life Insurance, which is now Sun Life. And uh, he said, why don't you pop over and uh, start selling life insurance? Mm. And, you know, 100% commission, you know, there's no salary, yeah. no company car, nothing. And uh, I thought, you know, I was almost 25 at the time. I thought, you know, if you're going to do a commission gig, you know, no wife, no kids, no mortgage, you know, that's the best time to mm -hmm. in. And, uh, you know, but also I, I have no natural market. You know, we didn't grow up with, with money. You know, none of my friends had money. So I'm going in absolutely cold mm -hmm. you know, with uh, no, no referrals yeah. or anything like that. So I want to ask you what you did to build your client base. But first, yeah. let's just comment on the fact that um, there's another example of somebody coming into your life saying, hey, why don't you do this? And when we're paying attention, that will happen. And sure. you knew you didn't want to go to Chilliwack. You knew that this wasn't right for you. And, you know, and, and you're a, um, you like extreme sports and, and adrenaline stuff and, and being an entrepreneur and commission-based sales is certainly going to give you that adrenaline. And I love the stories because I've had that in my life as well, where people have come along and said, Hey, what about this for you? I mean, I'm a coach today because other people said to me, you should think about being a coach. You'd be really good at it. I was a realtor because someone said that to me. I was a teacher because someone said that to me. So, you know, people see our gifts in us. And when they're, when um, you're willing to pay attention to those little road signs the universe gives you, like, hey, come on over here. And I love that you did that. So I, tell us about that because that's the main question, I think. New, but even experienced entrepreneurs, when the market gets a little bit tougher, like, where do I get my clients from? How do I build my client base? So how did you do that coming from... Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I gave the the company car the keys back and uh, you know said hasta la vista, and so I got started studying in 1999. Then I got my license and started uh, selling in early uh, 2000, and so I found a niche that no other real insurance agent at the time uh, was looking at, and then that corresponds into what I do today is uh, mortgage insurance. So when a client goes to the bank or and stuff to, to get their mortgage, the bank always offers their, their mortgage creditor insurance. And that's the, the absolute, it's, it's the worst coverage out there. And people don't realize how crazy expensive it is. And it's, it's absolutely not in the client's best interest. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was, you know, teaching clients, you know, that had mortgages or about to get mortgages, what the better option was, was getting your own personal life insurance plan that benefits, you know, them and their families and not the bank. And so I started working with mortgage brokers and helping them uh, with, with their clients and they would send their clients uh, to me because they knew it was a much better better option uh, for it. And so, so yes, yeah, so I started working that and again. And to be clear, that's not a niche that even now a lot of people are in, right? Yeah, so even now, everybody always talks about mortgage rates but mm -hmm. nobody talks about mortgage insurance, which you know I can get into into a little bit later on. 
which is, you know, I've saved clients literally three to four hundred dollars a month just by moving their insurance from the bank um, to doing it uh, mm-hmm. without with a private insurance company. And it depends yeah. on their age and stuff, but I, I can get into that. Uh, mm-hmm. So realtors bit. who are listening might want to talk to you about this because they can actually be rock stars and help their clients save some money. Right now, when interest rates are high at the time we're recording this, and people are kind of nervous about making decisions and, yeah. and they're watching their spending, so it'd be a great conversation to have. Exactly. And, you know, being a mortgage broker and insurance broker, working with the realtors, we can, you know, truly put a package together that's in the client's best interest. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, yeah. the clients, you know, will realize that, you know, we're looking out not only just for their mortgage and their buying a mm-hmm. home, but also for the whole financial. Well, here's what's key, too, is that I want you to make sure everyone listening, you pick up on that what Dan just said about doing what's in the client's best interest. Yeah. This is what sales is about. Right? I define sales not as convincing or manipulating, but as in helping people make decisions in their best interest by giving them the information they need and guiding them to those decisions. So exactly. I always yeah. say I, I'm not, uh, I don't sell anything. I just, I educate. Yeah. I let, you know, I always give my, my professional opinion, but at the end of the day, you know, I let the clients make the decision. And one thing that I started doing when, uh, I started the insurances, you know, I never wanted to be that, you know, stuffy old three-piece suit kind of guy that punches into my computer that, okay, this is how much insurance you have to have. I, you know, I approached it from, I guess, a holistic point of view because every client has different values, you know, um, what's right for, for them might not be right for the neighbor. Some mm-hmm. clients want to leave a legacy. Some clients just want to cover the mortgage. Um, so, you know, I, I, I approach it from more of an of emotional Mm-hmm. Um, standpoint and it's you know very simple process what well, goes back to what you said before that that's our role as sales professionals is to be tuning in to the needs of the clients when you have 10 people in a room and you're doing your salad demonstrations and you have a plumber a homemaker a ceo you need to be able to adjust to speak to your audience so and you're talking about the same thing here it's like what what is your audience need and really showing up and being of service to them and you can only be of service to your clients or potential clients when you take the time to pay attention to what their needs are and would you agree dan that sometimes they don't even know what their needs are so that's where the education piece comes in is informing them i mean it's you know the old adage adage you don't know what you don't know yeah you know so so for instance you know even now when i'm doing mortgages you know, a client might have, uh, you know, an investment property with a mortgage. And the first thing I ask is, you know, how much is, is your insurance for that mortgage? 99%, no idea. It's just rolled into our payment. Yeah. Right. So then I look at it and say, well, you know, you're paying, you know, $150 a month for your insurance. You know, we don't even have to, you know, redo that mortgage. We can just cancel the insurance and I can do that insurance and get you a better product for $45 a month. You know, and, and so like I said, nobody's, nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's how I started my, my insurance and building up okay. my, my clientele. So can you make that real for us? Like, what did you actually do? You chose this niche where you're doing mortgage insurance. Great. You've chosen the niche and lots of people go, yeah, I chose my niche. Great. But now what do I do? Yeah. So can you actually make it real? What did you actually do sure. to connect with people? Yeah. So I thought, you know, a lot of agents or, you know, whether it's insurance, mortgage or real estate, you know. Um, they'll go after after the clients, you know, searching uh, for you know one by one. But I built my business by. That's the hard way. So I wanted to find a good referral source that would keep the you know the, the pipeline going. 
So I partnered up with some great mortgage brokers who would consistently send me uh, send me clients, and then you know it just it just exploded from there. Um, within the first couple of years, I was qualified top two percent in the world um, for for sales. And uh, you know when I left Clerica to move over to Manulife, I was number seven in the country uh, for, for sales. And it's just you know, and it's I find so. Let's just stop for a second on that. Top two percent in the world. Yeah. Right, and I know that the Dan shares that with great humility, and yet this is why I wanted you to be on the show because this is you're someone who's thought, who's walked the talk. You're taking the action. You're doing what needs to be done, and it's again what I said, what I call the elite learner in business. You don't just become that by trying to get business. You by trying to get your next client. You become that by mastering your craft. And really showing up and being of service. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's yeah the the sales just started to, to come. And again, you know, from the very beginning, you know, I've always been like I always tell everybody, you know, be authentic, be yourself. Uh, you know, I never try to you know what I call skate anybody. You know, if if I don't know something, uh, like I think you said it on one of your other podcasts I was listening to. You know, you want to be an expert in your field, but you also want to be an expert of where to find the answers that you don't know. Yeah. Right, so if a client asks me a question or a realtor calls me up for a question and I don't know, I just say, I have absolutely no idea, but give me two days and I'll find out. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, and it's, it's, everything's changing so fast, you can't, uh, can't keep up. Mm-hmm. And that's a, the important thing, I, let's emphasize that, the willingness to be a learner, right? An elite learner is always learning. How long have you been in business, Dan? Uh, well, since 2000 is when I... All right, so 23 years you've been, in this, you've been running your own business. And you're still, and this again, why I wanted you on the show, because you're such a great example of someone who's willing to constantly be learning. Yeah. Well, when I when I first started in, in insurance, that uh, that friend's father, that was a senior agent, you know, he's kind of a, a mentor, I guess you could say, and uh, he'd been in insurance since the mid '70s, <sighs> and you know, he always said that no matter how long you're in business, every day you wake up, you're unemployed. Yeah. Right? You, every day you have to hustle. There's no guarantees, yeah. right, for it. So, so yeah, so started building that up, and then uh, I really missed doing the, the mortgage and lending aspect, and I thought, what a great opportunity that if I can be dual licensed and do the mortgages and the insurance all in one sitting with the clients, because n- nobody was doing it at that time. And even today, I know there's a few dual licensed uh, agents out there, but I, I've never run into one as, mm-hmm. as of yet. Um, so yeah, so I asked Clerica, do you mind if I get my mortgage broker's license? And they said, absolutely, no way. You just sell insurance and that's it. So then uh, about 18 years ago, I moved over to Manulife and uh, you know, started you know, doing the, the insurance with them. So I asked them if they don't mind and they said, well, nobody in Vancouver has asked us that before. So phone the insurance council. If they don't care, we don't care. Okay. So, uh, so- oh. I forgot about this part of the story. And what I love about this story is it illustrates the benefits of being open-minded, right? Somebody just said, no way, we don't do that because we don't do that. And Manual Life was like, yeah, let's do that. Sure, if, if it's okay with, with the regulating body, then go ahead. And let's just think about it. Like, have you ever done the math? But I'm thinking it's probably in the millions of dollars. You know, there's a large sum of money involved here that Manual Life has because you went over and worked with them and they said yes 
where Veracos said no. So just an example, no, no, when we say no. Cler no. Clerica said no. Clerica, okay, sorry, mm, sorry. Clerica yeah. said no. So there's a company who says no to doing something in a new way. We see this all the time, right? Companies that thrive are the ones who are willing to say, sure, let's try that new thing. If it doesn't you know, completely go against our, um, yeah. our mandate and our vision for the company. But I just love that story about someone being willing to do something new. And the costs of saying, no, we just don't do that because we don't do that. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay, so you moved over Manulife. You're doing both of those things. Yeah, so I asked Manulife if they don't mind if I get my uh, mortgage broker's license. And, and uh, they said, well, I'll phone the insurance council. If they don't care, we don't care. So I phoned the, the local insurance council here in Vancouver. And uh, they said, you know, nobody's ever phoned us and asked us that before, but you're truly doing what's in the client's best interest. So, so have at her. So in uh, 2007, I got my mortgage broker's license and uh, have been doing uh, both ever since. Mm. Yeah, and it brings us back to that, right? What is in the best interest of the client? And whenever we are in service to the client's best interest, that's when we're truly being sales professionals. When we're convincing and sliming people and trying to manipulate them, you know, that's not what sales is about. And, and I don't know, I'd like you to speak on this because I find that so many people don't want to be salesy, so they don't bother learning what I call the language of sales leadership and sales skills. Yeah. So they end up being salesy. Exactly. Thoughts on that? You no, know, I find uh, you know in, in all industries, you know, a lot of people are very uh, transaction oriented, right? So you know, and uh, whereas you know, I, I've talked to clients, you know, no pressure, give them some information and uh you know let it go and then four years later they call me back and say hey remember us you know we met at uh you know joe fortes or, or wherever and you were, you were talking to me and and uh you know you didn't you didn't pressure you didn't do anything mm -hmm. like that and uh you know four years five years later they come back and you know do a mortgage or get an insurance policy so you know if you're in this business long enough you know i'm still going to be here for a lot longer so 10 years from now i still need a deal exactly <laughs> right? Yeah, and when you come from that perspective that the actions you take every day, and I talked, I did a training earlier this week on daily non-negotiables where, and I think it's actually going up as a podcast as well. So it'll be, if you're listening to this podcast, there's probably uh, another one already posted about daily non-negotiables and the daily non-negotiables, grow your audience, nurture your audience and make offers. And sometimes you make an offer and they don't come back for five years, but you've made the offer. And if you're doing those things every day, I mean, I would... I would agree with your, was it the, your mentor who said you're unemployed every day True. to a point, but I would disagree because you actually are employed and your job is to grow your audience, nurture your audience and uh, make offers, right? Sure. Share what you do and make offers. That's your job. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Awesome. And, you know, and, and one thing I learned from, from the beginning is, you know, especially in, you know, insurance mortgages and, and even real estate, you know, a lot of people uh, segment clients. You know, bronze, silver, gold, platinum. Mm -hmm. You know, the platinum guys get the best service, and it you know trickles down from there. Mm -hmm. Where where I adopted right from the beginning that whether it's you know a hundred thousand dollar mortgage or a two million dollar mortgage or a small insurance policy or a big insurance policy, everybody gets rock star treatment. Yeah. Because some of my biggest clients have come from my smallest clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Great you distinction. Never know, you never know who somebody knows, right? And also those small clients, as they grow and, you know, yes. through life, they get, you know, 
bigger incomes grow in, in themselves. So mm-hmm. it might be a small policy or a small mortgage today or a small condo or a small, you know, but 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when, you know, they're making, you know, triple the money, right? Yeah. So when you're thinking transactional, then you're looking at the number attached to the person and then you may and let them go. And I actually came across recently um, a husband and wife business team uh, in real estate who've been doing business for 30 years and never doing repeat business. I'm like, oh my gosh, what a grind they must have had. So yeah. Rather than keeping those relationships solid with the, 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 the clients they have worked with. So I'm a fan of building a repeat and referral business. Regard, if you're in service-based sales, you just never know when somebody needs you again. I just had a client re-enroll this week who I worked with a couple of years ago and she's like, I wanna come back and have a tune-up, right? So even in my practice, that happens. and so by keeping in touch with the people and, exactly. um, and having that attitude. And I, I really love what you said about treating them all the same. Yeah. Because you said, you don't, they're going to grow in their lives and what they can do with you. Um, and then that ties into, I actually, we weren't planning to talk about this, but I'm gonna ask you a question about your systems because um, I love systems and I think that we should treat everybody the same way. So when we have systems in place, it's actually easier to do that. So mm-hmm. tell me about your systems that you have for clients and um, just give us some insight about your thoughts on systems. Uh, systems in, in what regard? Uh, just client intake, like client process, like your client, client process journey. Yeah, so yeah, when, when a client's, uh, you know, referred to me, uh, you know, everybody's called, you know, immediately or, you know, that day or, or the next day. Not, nothing ever sits on, on my desk. And then, you know, once I talk to the client, you know, we do our, our fact find application process. And, you know, if, if they're ready to proceed at that time, we proceed. Um, if not, then, you know, I put them into my, my database, my calendar, you know, and, and stay in touch with them. You know, whether it be three months, six months, you know, every year, just just to phone them and say, hey, you know, just let you know I'm still out here. Do you have any questions? Or sometimes just phone them just to say happy birthday, you know, with with no other intent. And, uh, you know, like I say, nothing, it's not crazy or fancy. It's just, for me, it's just, you know, having fun and and, uh, working with with the clients. And, you know, there's nothing that's really cookie cutter about Mm -hmm. it. Exactly. And that's what I want people to take away is that it's not, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be um, exactly the way Dan does it or exactly the way I do it. The important thing is you have a system because it's yeah. going to make your life a lot easier if you don't have to think about what do I do with this person every time. So as sales professionals, we want to minimize the fatigue of decision making. And by simplifying the decision-making process for our clients, we also want to do the same for ourselves in our businesses, right? So if you're every time going, oh, I have a lead, um, I'm going to put them in the database today and then I'll call them later and I'll do this and I'll do this form now and I'll do this one and then another day you do it a different order. And when you do it the same order all the time, it's again, it's mastery of your processes and your craft and it's so much easier to focus on the client or the potential client your energies and attention if your systems are running kind of automatically in the background and when you have that attitude of everybody gets treated the same way whether it's a 
$500,000 condo, or sorry, let's say $100,000. There's no $100,000 condos. We live, in, we live in BC. So a $500,000 condo that your cousin is buying with you, or it's a, you know, a client who's buying a multi-million dollar property that you've just met, and they're somebody really important from a big corporation, you treat them the same way because it's going to make your life easier. It's going to make you a better professional for doing so. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, find out, uh, you know, let's say, let's talk about, you know, being authentic, you know, don't try and be somebody you're not, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, and, and, and have fun along the way. That's a lot of people forget yeah. to have, have fun. Yes. You know, right? I like you know, the, the people I work with, the realtors I work with, everybody else, you know, we all have fun. You, know, you go out for, you know, it's not just a, a working relationship. They're, yeah. they're true. They're, they're my friends. You know, we go out yeah. for drinks. You know, might take him snowmobiling or, or do something, but you know, and and the clients that that I have, you know, when I when I do a client meeting, you know, I might be talking to them, you know, for half an hour, an hour, maybe ten minutes is actually work related. The rest is talking about their family and their kids, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and being uh, you know generally interested in in them. Yes, genuinely connecting. Exactly. And- one of the things that, that came to mind as you were saying that about really connecting with people and having fun is that I believe, this is my theory and it's my experience too, the more you master the art and science of sales as a service-based sales professional, the more you can show up in service because you're not actually worrying about what do I say next, what do I do next, exactly. and the more fun you're going to have because you're not scrambling all the time yeah. to figure out yeah. what's next. And you know, you want it to be second nature where, where you don't have to use a script or anything. Yeah. You know, I, I've never used a script in, in my whole career. When I, when I first started out and I was having great success, you know, people would come in and say, okay, what's the script to use? What do you, mm. you know, how do you do it? And I say, I don't have any script. I just go, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, I, and I just, you know, talk to the clients and, and uh, there, there's no pre-formulated plan, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and I would argue that if I followed you around for a couple of days, I could find your scripts. Because you've, <laughs> you've come up with them, right? And that's what I do yeah. with my clients inside the Align and Prosperous Leadership Program is help them create their own scripts. Because yeah. we've all seen, well, not all of us, you and I have seen them, the scripts that those companies give you, and you're like, oh my gosh, I would never say that in a million years. And I have scripts. I have things that questions that I ask every single time. Um, things that I will say, way that I will phrase something, and I teach my clients how to say things in a way that's going to um, elicit a response. Right? Even if it's a no, we're still going to try to get some kind of response and not just have people ghost us. Right? Like so, one of the things I would say is never email or call somebody saying I'm just following up. Yeah, never use that word just. Yeah. Okay. I talk about this all the time. I want to know your opinion on why do we why we don't use the word just. Uh, the reason we don't word use just is because I think it portrays that what you're saying, you know, might not be important. Uh-huh. Yeah. Might not be important. I also think I, I also think there's a bit of an apology there. Like, you know, yeah, ju- just is kind of like yeah. Sorry to bother you, you know, and it has that tone to it. Like it's not important, and I'm sorry to bother you. It, it's 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 not a confident statement. 
Exactly. And I think, you know, one, one other thing is, is looking at, you know, obviously you need to know your products and stuff like that. But when you're talking with the clients, you have to have that confidence as soon as you pick up the phone mm -hmm. or as soon as you walk in the door. Yeah. When, I, when I first started in sales, you know, this is back when everything was paper based. There's no electronic applications, you know, before I, and you'd have to see clients face to face. And, and uh, you know, I would fill out all the paperwork, put their name on the file before I'd go to the appointment. And agents would come into my office and say, you know, why, why are you doing all this? It's taking you 15, 20 minutes to the paperwork when you don't even know if they're gonna buy. And I'd look at them and I'd say, what do you mean they might not buy? <laughs> of course they're buying. Yeah. Right, so, right. so you, you leave that office with the confidence think, knowing they're gonna mm -hmm. buy. Right? And, and the intention. Right, so that's what I call intention setting. I'm setting the intention that I'm showing up for them as though they're gonna buy. Because if we decide ahead of time they might not buy, it impacts the way we show up. Exactly, the, the, the way you, you, you hold yourself, the way you yeah. walk in, you know, and I, I'd have agents that would come in and you know, we'd be chit-chatting and, and they'd say, yeah, I was with the client for four hours then and never even mm. bought. He said, well, yeah. is it there you? for four hours? Well, and also did you ask for the sale? Right, because you were probably dancing around it and tiptoeing and never really directly asking for it. And that's another thing I would say is like, are you ready to do this? At some point, you just have to turn the conversation and say, so, are you ready to do this? Yeah. And if they say no, then you take it from there and go, well, what do you need to know in order to be ready? Yeah. Or is this not a priority for you? There's lots of things that you can ask. So when I said I think I could find your scripts because I know you have them, the, the thing is, is that you have a natural gift and intuition for language and how it works. And so you've picked it up and done it naturally. It's not the same for everybody. And me too, like I did it naturally. I got into real estate and I was like, I am in a foreign country and I don't speak the language. And I said about learning the language of sales leadership. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that's what you have to do. Yeah. So, you know, you don't expect to move to Spain and be successful living in Spain and not learn Spanish. It's For the sure. same in sales. You have to learn the language of sales leadership. Some of us, like Dan and I, we pick up languages really quickly, so we make it seem easy. And it's also not that hard. You know, you got a tip today. Don't say just. Ask for the sale. And don't don't be don't be scared to, you know, to ask for it and uh, and just go for it. You know, like how do we meet? You know, I I put you as a friend on on Facebook. Yeah. We matched and did I waste time by saying, hey, let's go for happy hour and see if there's an opportunity for us to work yeah. together? Yeah. But you have to just seize that moment and those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And well, sometimes and it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And I and notice what I did. So <laughs> we're master sales professionals, the two of us. He reaches out and goes, hey, and um, actually, you connected with me. I said yes. Um, and I always ask people when they connect with me, hey, thanks for connecting. I'm curious, what caused you to want to connect with me? So I opened the conversation for him. And then he said, oh, because we have a lot of similar contacts in the real estate profession. We got to talking. Um, he told me a little bit about his story. You know, he's like, how long have you been in coaching? And I told him, he goes, how long have you been in real estate? Or sorry, mortgages. And he, he told me his story about the firefighter and he wanted to be a firefighter. It didn't work. I was like, this is an interesting person. I want to know more about uh, what he's doing in his business just because of the way he showed up in my DMs. And I told him, I rarely go for coffee or happy hour with anybody who reaches out um, 
even people I know, I don't have a lot of time for that, right? But like, as I don't, I mean, in business, like I don't do, you get to a certain point in your business where you shouldn't be having coffee with people in the middle of the day, right? There, there comes a point where you've got to be more efficient with who you're meeting with and really selective about who you meet with. So I'm not saying don't do it, but take the time to screen. Like Dan and I screened each other with some, with a pretty lengthy conversation before we decided to meet in person. Right. And I think that's the key. So you're not wasting time with everybody who says, let's go for coffee. Right. Like I knew that I was meeting somebody who was interesting to me. And, um, before I decided to meet with him and and you did the same, right? You weren't going to just ask to meet with somebody who wasn't potentially interesting and a potential good connection. You never knew I was going to invite you to be on the podcast. Okay. So, um, I will always remember that moment of horror on your face when I, and you're like, what? And then you're like, just let me listen to your podcast first. So I just want to just acknowledge you and thank you for taking the time to be here. And you have now, um, uh, done your first podcast. Well done. It was, well done. It was easy peasy. Yeah. So, um, I have a couple of final questions for you as we wrap sure. up. One of them is you made a comment earlier about mentors. And, you know, you had some mentors who's kind of found you, but what would you say to somebody just getting started in the business in mortgage or, or, or um, insurance or any, any service-based sales for that matter, uh, who is looking for a mentor? What would you recommend they look for? Yeah, I would say find somebody, you know, in, in your office or, you know, in, in a group of offices, somebody that, uh, you know, you might look up to. And somebody that's you know just crushing it out there, and don't be afraid to say, hey, do you mind if uh, you know we go out for a lunch and uh, and, and pick pick your brain and, uh, and go from there, you know, uh, and just just ask, you know, and they might say no, I don't have the time yeah. or anything like that. But there's always people mm-hmm. out there, yeah. you know. When I first started in the industry, uh, there was a financial planner agent uh, within within Clerica who was huge, and uh, he was in Kelowna. And uh, so my, my branch manager said, you know, there's this guy out, out in Kelowna, he's great, you know. And uh, so the first thing I did is I phoned him in the morning and said, hey, can I, can I do that four-hour drive and I'll take you out for lunch and then I'll drive back. And uh, yeah, so I drove to Kelowna for four hours, had lunch with him and uh, picked his brain and then drove back. Hmm. And, you know, so you have, you have to put that effort in to, to yes. find them. And, yeah. and, and the mentors who are doing well, right, will see that in you that, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting you're getting out of your comfort zone and you're actually putting that effort in mm-hmm. to be successful yeah okay and i really appreciate that story because people often say well i want to pick a mentor i was like and they'll go hey will you be my mentor it's kind of like saying to somebody you just met will you be my girlfriend right <laughs> um or my boyfriend I try that like, it doesn't work yeah it doesn't work right <laughs> and so you want to just slow that down and think of men finding a mentor kind of like dating right yeah. you've got to just Hey, I'd love to have a chat with you. Are you open to sitting down with me? And by the, by the way, if you're inviting to lunch, you pay. You pay. It's an investment in your future, so you pay. Um, but I did the same thing. It's like I looked around. I was like, who's doing something that I want to do? And my mentor, Keith Roy, the first day I met him in the office, he said he had three listings on the board, stood up and added three more. I'm like, I want to know who he is, how he did that, because I'm going to be just like him. And then I followed him, and I, he was doing some trainings, and I, and I went to all of them, and I asked him, for lunch and I asked him questions and he watched me and I over time I ended up I actually ended up being on his team eventually 
um, because he was watching and I learned so much from him and how to, you know, how to be a a solo agent, but then also how to run a team. And so, you know, and that was from looking around going, who do I want to be be my mentor? And some people just don't have the capacity. They're going to go, yeah, we're not a fit. They don't feel the desire, right? It might not be their their personality. And again, you know, they'll just say, yeah, I'm not the right fit. And then just move on to the next one. And there's some brokerages out there, I'm not going to name names, who offer mentorship programs and they actually pay some senior agents to be mentors. I'm sorry, that doesn't work. I hear from people like, oh, that person's supposed to be my mentor and it doesn't work. I'm like, yeah, because that's not how mentorship works. Like paid mentorship, you might as well hire yourself a coach that really fits with you. Because a paid mentorship that is, it's kind of like an arranged marriage, right? It doesn't, might work, but it might not. So let's make sure that you're, you're looking around and choosing somebody and let them choose you back. And it made it, you know, that's how to get the right person. Okay. So a couple more questions for you. I got some rapid fire questions for you and then we will sign off. Um, the, oh, hang on. I got to find where my rapid fire questions went. Here we go. Okay. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. All right. Actually, n- neither really. I'm not a big sci-fi guy. Okay. But if you had to pick, I just think I have this belief that people fit into two categories, uh, Star Trek yeah. or Star Wars. And then some people say, yeah, or neither really. Um, yeah. But if you had to pick one, right? Star Wars. Star Wars. Sure. Yeah. Because um, you were a, a, a child in the 80s. Um, right. So, uh, favorite place to visit? Oh, I love going to San Diego. Nice. Mission, Mission Beach in San Diego. Um, the, the, the beaches, the waves, the, the, the people there. And, uh, I've been down there three, three summers and, mm-hmm. uh, love it, love it, love it. I would love to maybe even, you know, partially retire there one day. Cool. Cool. What's your Zodiac sign? Uh, Libra. Cool. Um, and this is a big question for somebody who's such a risk taker as you. What's the scariest thing you ever did? The scariest thing I ever did. Hmm. Probably, well, when we had our, our, our racing bikes, you know, this is back in the day, you know, 16 years old, 17 years old. Well, I would have been 16 and, uh, you know, racing down the highway, no, no gear, just sandals, shorts, t-shirt. And, uh, you know, hitting about 290 kilometers an hour and uh, just knowing that if anything happens, you're, you're going to be annihilated and mm-hmm. all I can do is just give it more throttle and go faster. And something did happen for you. So, <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, what's your non-negotiable self-care ritual? My non-negotiable self-care? Uh, well, I hit the gym at least six days a week and uh, eat, eat very mm-hmm. healthy and... Uh, is red wine self-care depends on the uh, study you're, you're looking at right for some people yeah they say it's, yeah. it's great um and i asked that question because it's so key to remember when you're in an entrepreneur or in service-based sales that you are your most valuable asset and you have to take care of yourself yeah yeah when I, I have to you know take care of myself physically uh, mentally, but if you're not taking care of yourself physically, then you're you're feeling drained all day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when I go to the gym, I don't I don't bring my phone to the gym. I don't have anything. It's just just hitting hitting the weights and uh, and it's the social aspect as well. Like you have your yeah. gym buddies and stuff. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, you got to take care of yourself physically for mm-hmm. sure. 
Yeah, so, so vital. And so many people, that's the first thing that goes is they're, they're not eating well, they're not sleeping well, they're not exercising because I, I gotta work. Yeah. But you've gotta do that first. Great. Um, is there a book that you would say, if like, I love this question, is like, if we were all gonna go to Mars, because we're gonna move to Mars, and you were tasked with putting one book in the library that was gonna go on Mars, which that, what's the book you would choose? One book in the library. That's a, that's a tough one. Um, I have to get back to you on that one. Okay. Okay. So, or is there a teacher or someone that's like, this is a, an important person that, that's really inspired you? Um, whether it's a coach, a motivational speaker, anything like that? Yeah. Well, I listen to a lot of, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I find I do a lot of med meditation every day. And so, you know, I'm always on Audible looking for, you know, guided meditation and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, there's not one that stands out in my mind uh, okay. right now, but I'm sure if I dug into my library, yeah. you know, there's a lot. Well, and that's great. Great plug, too, for the meditation. Take care of your body and your mind, right? Exactly. So, because I do meditation and, and movement every single day and yeah. it makes a big difference. Okay. Um, if you were, I love, this is one of my favorite questions. It might be kind of weird, but I like it. If you were a city, who would you be? If I was a city, who would I be? Maybe, maybe New York City. I could see that. Yeah, I like, I like, uh, I like a fa the fast pace of it. But I also like, you know, it's this cultural melting pot. So, mm -hmm. you know, I like to surround myself with people who who are, you know, have different views and different experiences. You know, I, I like, you know, it's good to have like-minded people around you, but I, you also have people who have different opinions and views because that's how you learn. And I think New York City is, would be a good example of that where you have everybody from all over the world, every walk of life. Yeah, cool. I love that answer. That was probably their best answer yet. Um, something you haven't done yet that's on your dream list. Something that I haven't done yet that is on my dream list. Um, I'm, try I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm drawing a, a, a blank here. Um, no problem. But, uh, we but one of the things, for, okay, for sure, one, uh, you know, in high school, you know, we never got to do it because of my, my motorbike accident, but a, a buddy of mine, we wanted to take our, our motorbikes and go, you know, uh, down uh, the west coast of the states, then across, then back up the east coast, and then across Canada to come back home, so do a, a big, uh, big loop. And, uh, you know, that's definitely something that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do one day. Awesome. And final question. Success leaves clues. What's one clue or tip that you'd like to leave for others who are going to be listening to this podcast? Yeah. Just go out and, and do it. That's, you know, like I'm not, uh, you know, I don't have any master's degree or, or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I'm not scared to pick up the phone or talk to somebody and say hello. And, uh, you know, just sitting at home or in your office, uh, you know, talking to other people in the office is not going to get it done. So just pick up that phone and uh, put, put yourself out there. And just like I'm doing today, do something that's out of your comfort zone because you'll never know what's going to come of it. Awesome. Great, great advice. So, uh, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me and my audience today. I appreciate it so much wisdom and, and insight and experience. And you're just such a great example of what life can be like when you are an elite learner, what your business can be like, the experience of it. It should be fun. It should be 
profitable. It should be all those great things when you take the time to really master your craft. So thank you again for being here. How do people get in touch with you if they'd like to have a further conversation with you? Uh, yeah, I mean, all my contact information, you know, I'm old school, but I finally started an Instagram account uh, two days ago <laughs> for it. So uh, yeah, you can reach me out on Instagram uh, at Mortgage Vancouver and all my contact information, phone number, email, websites is all there. So again, it's uh, at uh, Mortgage Vancouver. At Mortgage Vancouver. And we'll also have your, your email address and stuff in the show notes as well. So Perfect. again, thank you so much for being with me today. Awesome. I, it, you made it easy. <laughs>